to the NFL. You mocking me? Are you mocking me? What's happening, guys? Happy Sunday and welcome to the Dynasty War Zone, the People's Dynasty Podcast. I am your host, I am Memphis. And I'm not going to waste any time because I ain't got no time to waste. We have a mock draft to do, and we have a lot to cover. Uh, of course, my normal co-host is here, hot in from behind the wheel of a car. He is, in fact, the man of the hour and the man with the power. Jerry Sinclair, buddy, how are you? Good. Uh, work ran long, like you said. So I just got here. I was thinking about peeing in a bottle as we were doing the show, but Randy told me that would be frowned upon, so I decided to delay it a little bit longer. But it's good to be here. Great to have you here. And, and the cool thing is, is we can only really see from like your shoulders up because of the overlay graphic well, I, I could, on, I could on the YouTube. We, 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 we can't, we, you could be doing it right now for all I know. And uh, we, we would never know. And then we have a guest and a guy that you're going to see a lot during the off season with us here at the Dynasty War Zone. Uh, another big win for Matt and Theo and the team at Player Profiler. Um, free agency season is literally right around the corner. And in my opinion, our guest tonight it was the biggest free agent get of the offseason. And he's working with us at Player Profiler. He is Mr. Dan Williamson. You can follow Dan on Twitter at Overhyped Sleeper. Drop the last E in sleeper. Dan, welcome back, buddy. Thank you, Randy. Thank you. I, I just enjoy being on the show so much. I mean, one of the things that thrilled me about joining Player Profile was a chance to get on with you guys every once in a while and just be able to chop it up. I mean, you know, we've done it many, many times in the past, and the the opportunity to do this on a regular basis is just, it, it's, it's so exciting to me. So I'm very, very pumped to be on here. Uh, thank you guys for inviting me. And uh, also, you know, I understand that this might possibly be uh, a fairly special episode or you might have recently had one in the past what, what what's the word on that well funny you should say that because i i honestly had no clue um theo griminger good friend of all of ours and just an awesome guy in his own right he was like hey is this dynasty war zone number 800 i was oh, like i don't know i was like i don't know maybe 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 <laughs> maybe it is i don't i don't know i've, I've never counted uh, this is going to sound insincere, but it's 100% the truth. The only show that matters to me is the next one. How do we get prepared? How do we put out good content? How do we continue to get better? Because I don't—I feel like if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. And I, I know Jerry believes in, in that too, but I will, I'll throw it to him in just a second. I will just say this. We've been doing this for just oh, almost six years. It, uh, seven years. It'll be seven years this summer. And... One thing I'm, I'm certainly very proud of is that we've never missed a week. Sometimes it was Wednesday, sometimes it was Thursday, but for all those 300-plus weeks, there's always been at least one Dynasty War Zone. And then all of our friends and people who do shows on our network, uh, Kyle August and Seth from the, the Fantasy Football Fellas, uh, JD, Chad, and, and the guys from uh, Austin, uh, Mike, the guys from the Dynasty War Games, uh, Dallas, who was going to join us tonight, had some uh, technical difficulties, wasn't able to run in. Just all those guys, because I have not done 800 shows. Jerry's not done 800 shows. We've been blessed to have 
so many talented, smart, and accomplished people that want to do Dynasty with us and do fantasy with us. So, no, man, I, I appreciate you bringing it up, but it's been a blessing. Jerry? I would say we've had probably about 12 good shows, and they were all the ones with Dan on it. Fair, fair. No, I, I won't, I won't Lies. hurt Lies. I, I, I won't hurt Theo's feelings, but Jerry's always here when Dan's here. Never here when Theo's here. I don't know. Coincidence? I'm totally sure. But, Dan, um, back to you real quick. You did have a new article come out at Player Profile. You're going to be writing, covering high-stakes fantasy football. Uh, you're doing best ball stuff. You're going to be behind the camera, behind the mic a lot for the brand. What else are you doing at Player Profile? Yeah, that's pretty much it. I am, I am basically Mr. Johnny on the spot. Wherever you know there's a need, that's where I'm going to be. And, you know, I, I love it because this is what I like. I like, you know, the whole gamut of famous fantasy football, whether we're talking best ball, redraft, dynasty, whatever. That's that's totally fine with me. I enjoy them all. I, you know, I, I play them all. I love to succeed at them all. And so, you know, I'm just going to be putting out whatever is needed. Um, right now, I'm working on an article series where I am going through each of the uh, divisions in the NFL and just kind of talking about them in relation to free agency and you know kind of how the offseason is shaping up for each one of those teams and what we can expect because you know we we all love to talk about the draft you know the draft is the exciting stuff you know that's the uh, you know that's the, the the foam on top of everything that everybody always loves but free agency is every bit as important and understanding how the salary cap is going to come together, how teams are going to come together, uh, you know, new offensive coordinators, new coaches, all that kind of stuff. It all feeds into each other, and the draft is just that ter cherry on top of it. And so, you know, I want I want to get into the nitty gritty, and so that's what I'm doing with this series. I'm getting into the nitty gritty so that when we talk about the draft, we have kind of a basis to you know of what's going on with each team to lay behind that foundation. Yeah, it's exciting stuff, and, and I'm so glad that we work with so many talented people here at Player Profiler that I don't feel rushed to do all the rookie content. You know, Matty Kiwum is is doing great work, and Cody Carpentier is back, and so many more people. It allows me to focus on, because I, I agree with you, I think we rush the rookies, and we miss mm -hmm. the value of free agency and what those moves will bring. Well, listen, that was a, a little bit of a longer intro than normal. We appreciate your patience, but... We got a guest. There's a, a ton going on, and uh, we're going to get our, our break in real quick, and then we'll be right back. It has been two years since Josh Larkey paved the way for fantasy gamers to start expecting positive returns from Pick'em games, specifically underdog Pick'ems. And how do you do it? Well, you look at the slate, and you find a great shootout or a sneaky shootout. You also look for a shit show game. Three, four, five, six guys in one game. That's right. You can do it. You can do it. And you can 100x your payout on underdog. Think about week one. Jets-Bills was a shit show. Did we see the Aaron Rodgers injury coming? No, but we knew the Jets have a good defense. We knew the Bills have a good defense. Why not expect the worst? And the worst is what we got. So if you had gone Dalvin Cook less than, Garrett Wilson less than, Aaron Rodgers less than, Josh Allen less than, Gabriel Davis less than, boom, 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 boom. You can go six for six. 
Same thing in week two. Oh, week two. Oh, sneaky shootout there in Philadelphia. Minnesota's going to be in comeback mode. So we'll go Cousins, Jefferson, Hawkinson, more than. Madison, less than. But also, Swift, more than. Boom, 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 boom. That's how you do it with the underdog pickums, and you use promo code UNDERWORLD to get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. You put in 100 underdog matches that deposit up to 100 bucks with promo code UNDERWORLD. Go start picking. There you go. Check out Underdog, tremendous sponsor of Player Profiler and all the shows. They also sponsor my other show, The Juice. Uh, check that out this weekend. We'll be getting you ready for the Super Bowl. But guys, speaking of the Super Bowl, normally this is the spot reserved for good people, bad tweets. Dan's coming back in a week. Uh, a week from Monday, we're going to talk about the coaching changes, offensive coordinator changes. That's going to be next week's show. I'd like to tell you what's what's coming up ahead, but we're not going to live stream next Sunday because, well, it's a Super Bowl. So we're going to live stream next Monday night. But, uh, Dan, while we got you here, do you have a prediction on the Super Bowl? Who do you think wins? Uh, what, are you, what are you thinking? So I was just out in Vegas the past few days. I uh, got back on uh, Thursday night, and I was putting my money on the, uh, the Chiefs' money line. So that's, okay. that's where I'm at. All right. He does not want the one and a half. Check a sports book near you. He does not want the one to two points. To, you know, I doubt it ever gets back to three. It touched three for about an hour, um, and it was gone. Uh, Jerry, what are your thoughts on the Super Bowl? I am just hoping the only thing I hope doesn't happen is San Francisco kicks the crap out of them because the Detroit Lions fan in me will be so sad that we farted away an opportunity like that. Uh, I think I think the Chiefs are going to win. Yeah, I, I, I do not think that that's, that's going to happen. I, I don't think that San Francisco is going to boat race them in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, especially based off – I am going San Francisco. Um, I, I guess I'll lay the one or two because if they're going to win, they're, they're going to win um, probably by a field goal. The one advantage I give is that the Raiders are in the division with the Chiefs, and they've been in that stadium a lot and, and, and not so much for San Francisco, but San Francisco – lot closer drive or trip for and if you're a Chiefs fan I mean think about it you've been to what this is your fourth Super Bowl in five six years how much money can you keep laying out laying out to travel and hotels and and and, and things of that nature whereas San Francisco you've not been in a while I guess it's been four years as well but you you've not chased it as often Um, I'm going to lean to the 49ers I, I think they finally get it done and uh, I'll throw this out there, then I'll go back to you guys real quick. Um, because the guy from a dynasty standpoint that I think we should be looking at acquiring is Isaiah Pacheco. You've seen his usage over the last three games. Uh, Dan, you're our best ball uh, expert on the show tonight. Uh, I, I just think Isaiah Pacheco is going to wind up being a tremendous value. Now, he needs to stay healthy. He runs extremely violently. But if you're looking for a running back to acquire for your dynasty roster, especially if you're starting that contender window, he's a guy that I'm looking to buy. Dan, has there been a, a player this off, I wouldn't say off season, this playoff season that you think, man, I need to load up on this guy for my dynasty rosters? Yeah, I think Pacheco is a great pick. Um, I'm going to go a slightly different way, and I'm going to I'm going to throw out Khalil Shakir. 
as just a guy, you know, I think the Buffalo passing game is really in flux. And he's been one of the few things working. I mean, honestly, Shakir has been performing as well or better than Diggs for nearly half a season. It's just kind of crazy what's going on with Diggs. We have, uh, you know, Gabe Davis is a free agent. There's a lot of change going on there. Shakir is probably going to be one of the things that does not change. I mean, you know, I would not be surprised. I don't know how you guys feel about this. But I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Stephon Diggs get moves, gets moved in a trade somehow or another because the Bills are up against it cap-wise. He's got a big cap hit. Um, it was not a good second half of the season. I also wouldn't be surprised if Diggs comes out and says, hey, I had a sports hernia or something like that, you know. There, there's a shoe that's going to drop here somehow. And I, I feel like Shakir is kind of the guy right now who's in the in the place to benefit the most from it. Uh, you know, who knows what will happen in the draft. Maybe that will completely eviscerate his value. But it's not going to happen in free agency. So I, I like Shakir as kind of a sneaky ad right now. And somebody you can probably get thrown in fairly cheap in almost any deal. All right, Jerry, anybody from – non-Detroit Lion, has there been a player uh, during the playoff that, that you've seen the last three or four weeks that you're thinking, man, there's a lot of value there? Uh, it's actually a guy that the Lions played in, Matthew Stafford. Mm. It, it's, if you're a contender and you're playing in a Superflex League, Matthew Stafford looked exactly like vintage Matthew Stafford, and he costs you nickels compared to what his production and Cooper Cup should be healthier next year. He was, and, and Puka is still going to be Puka. Exactly. He's in I year mean, two, so he should get a little bit better. You know, I don't think – I think writing the obituary for Cooper Cup and Dynasty might be a little presumptive and a little premature. Might want to hold off on that just a little bit. He's been banged up the last couple of years. Obviously, you got to stay healthy, and we know injuries don't get better with age. I love the Stafford call because he's dirt cheap. I love guys that cost you mid to late QB2 prices that when healthy and playing right are giving you QB1 results. That's how you win Superflex Leagues. Those are a, a couple of good calls. Obviously, no good people, bad tweets tonight. So that means no Dana White, but uh, let's go Crip Mac tonight. The Crip Mac on hood. Oh, a little Crip Mac for you. So there you go. Um, we're going to jump into a one round. That's right. One measly round, but Hey, we're just getting started. Uh, again, if you want to go deep dive, I, I highly recommend checking out the hurdle with, uh, Cody. I'm sorry, the huddle, the hurdle is something you jump over and track. The huddle is something you do before each play in football, unless you're running the no huddle and, uh, Cody and Maddie have been talking about the senior bowl, um, a lot of good rookie content as well on player profiler. So just because we're going one round tonight, we're just getting started. It's not even the Super Bowl yet. But, uh, Dan, you're the guest of honor, and I'm going to make your life easy. Um, we're all going to make four picks. But, uh, Dan, you're going to make the first pick. It's super flex, tight end premium. Perfect. It's it's very easy for me. Uh, I'm taking Caleb Williams. I, you know, I – there are a couple of players that are almost in his tier, almost there, but I do feel like Caleb Williams is probably a fairly safe pick at quarterback, and the upside on if he hits is absolutely fantastic. So uh, 
Caleb Williams is kind of the, the one-on-one for me. Uh, I don't have the prospect fatigue that a lot of people do because I don't really get into uh, you know the college players until we start getting into January. So you know I, I kind of come into them fresh, and that's that's kind of how I'm seeing it right now. Yeah, I can't say I blame you, and I think the Bears are going to be in the same spot because if you're a mm-hmm. general manager, um, I know this name and I remember this because. I'm an Indianapolis guy, and a few years ago, there was a really high, highly touted prospect in Greg Oden out of Indianapolis, played college ball at Ohio State, and the GM at the time said he wanted to draft Kevin Garnett. I'm sorry, excuse me, Kevin Durant. He wanted to draft Kevin Durant, but he's like, I had to draft Greg Oden because if he explodes and is the next Shaquille O'Neal, then you passed on Greg Oden. And if he's a bust, he's like, you get a pass because, well, I was supposed to draft him. That's kind of how I feel about Caleb Williams, um, at least as Ryan Poles. He doesn't really have a choice. going to be real hard to be able to not draft him, just like in Superflex. you got to take him. And the Bears are, are going to be an interesting, an interesting team. Um, I like the pick. I, I think Caleb with DJ Moore. I've seen a lot, a lot of mock drafts where they take Roma Dunze at nine. Um, could be a really interesting offense with a rookie wide receiver, DJ Moore, Cole Komet, uh, so many, so many guys like that. Jerry, what are your thoughts on uh, Caleb Williams? And then, please, sir, take the one hundred and two. I think the the rookie fatigue is sort of the big thing because we're going to get to a point where people stop doing the the Caleb Williams at 101 thing, and it's just going to be for exactly the reason that Dan said, because it happens every single year. It, it, everybody wants to be the smartest guy in the room, and they think they're Matt Patricia, and then they they pivot in a different way that they shouldn't. Caleb Williams is the 101. Caleb Williams is going to be the 101, and it's going to be that way in Superflex tight end premium leagues, which is the format that most of us are going to play in. As far as 102 is concerned... Do I go the skill position guy or do I go quarterback? That is a fundamental question about how you play the game. And I am going to take the quarterback. I'm going to take Jaden Daniels. He's a big kid. He runs a lot. Yes, Marvin Harrison Jr. is probably going to be the safer aspect. But here's the thing about quarterbacks. I say it now. I'm going to say it in three months. I'm going to say it in three years. If you're playing Superflex and you have a quarterback problem, it is a very hard problem to overcome. So I'm going to take my shots and I'm going to have as much as I want. And if they do hit, they hit for monsters. And even if they don't, Anthony Richardson, all I got to do is see little flashes and he still retains that value. So I'm going to take Jaden Daniels and I'm going to have the opportunity going into next year, even if he's not overly successful. It, the only thing that would make it really catastrophic is you if you have a... <coughs> Bryce Young type situation. And I actually sort of like acquiring Bryce Young, but it was ugly, and I'll admit that, but I'm going to go QB. Uh, I First of all, I think something you said there was was very sharp. And I, first There's of all, I, for everything. There is, and I give you courage for having, I'll give you credit for having the courage to make that pick. Because a lot of people, a lot of analysts aren't going to have the wherewithal to say the things that you just said. In Superflex, you are hamstrung by – and if you want a wide receiver, trade back. Go pick something else up. Because if someone else is dying for Marvin Harrison 
and you can maybe get a, a, a guy or two we'll talk about here in a, in, a, in a few minutes, like a Malik Neighbors or Roma Dunze or so many of these wide. If you can trade back and get something else, man, go for it. But I give you credit, all the credit in the world for having – now, would you prefer – because he's going to go two or three. Would you prefer that Daniels goes to the Commandos or to the Patriots? <sighs> I mean – Defensive-minded head coach or defensive-minded head coach? Probably Washington, but, I mean, does uh, do any of them make me feel exquisite about it? No, but I just – I'll, I'll take Washington. Just I don't have to deal with December in Foxborough, Massachusetts. You uh, – you, you, for, for, so for you, from a real-life standpoint, you got lucky in that Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator of the Lions, didn't take the Washington job. That would have been a win for Jaden yeah, Daniels. For sure. <laughs> but it's a loss for us in Dynasty in that he's now going to um, have – but but we'll see. I've seen, I've heard Chip Kelly could be the, uh, the OC for Dan Quinn. Very, very interesting. Dan, what do you think about uh, Marvin? I'm not Marvin Harrison. We'll talk about him soon. Uh, Jaden Daniels as a QB prospect. Yeah, I like him a lot. I mean, you know, he's he's got that rushing ability. <coughs> excuse me, that uh, just you know really helps turbocharge any rookie. And you know, it's gonna. What I like about that the most is it's gonna put a super high floor under his value. I mean, there's almost no chance that you could take Jaden Daniels and walk into 2025 and he's worth a whole lot less than he is right now uh you know so that makes him a very safe pick and you know i just i i, I like the total package like that you know and this is a a league where we're talking about about fantasy football the running quarterbacks definitely have a leg up on you know the guys who are, are pocket passers i mean you know we all love cj stroud but the thing is you know how much how much pass quarterback five, six can CJ Stroud get? You know, it's going to take almost a perfect season for Stroud to, to exceed that because he's constantly going to be fighting against, you know, the Josh Allens and the Jalen Hurts and the Jaden Daniels and the Anthony Richardsons and all of those guys that are going to be putting together points with their legs that he just cannot match with his arm. Yeah, and I'm putting this up on the chat on YouTube, the fantasy plumber in the comments thank you for participating uh he mentioned that as of an hour ago the washington commandos have hired cliff kingsbury he dipped out on the raiders and now he's coaching in our nation's capital and he's had some success with mobile quarterbacks in his day so if the commandos wind up taking a, a Jaden daniels could be very good um so every quarterback class i don't have one but about every other i do i have a man crush and I know it's it's like you guys are probably like, wait a minute, Memphis, it's 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 the first mock draft of the season, and you're flag planting. <laughs> I am flag planting because this guy is my. Hopefully, he's the the next in a long line of hits for me and guys like, you know, like Josh Allen, like Justin Herbert. I was very bullish on those guys coming out as rookies, and I'm going Drake May. Uh, I really believe that this kid's a stud, and I'm taking Jerry's comment to heart because he's right. It is very, very, very hard to get a really good quarterback. The NFL, and, and I'm a Marvin Harrison fan, I, I, I can tell you verbatim that no wide receiver has ever had eight straight seasons of both 1,000 yards receiving and 
10 touchdowns receiving like his father, Marvin Harrison, but there's always going to be a bunch of good wide receivers. This draft class in particular is just chuck full of wide receivers. So if I have the 103, I probably have the 203. And if I have the 203, I'm going to pull a Chicago Bears and I'm going to take Drake May at the three. And I'm going to take a wide receiver a little bit later. It won't be the wide receiver, the quality or the caliber of Marvin Harrison, who I think is the best wide receiver since Calvin Johnson as a prospect. But I am going with my man crush. I am going with Drake May. Jerry, what are your thoughts on Drake May? Listen, I evaluating quarterbacks is just not something that I am prepared to do, if you want me to be honest. I have watched him for a while because no, no it seems is. like – even yeah, I, I, I think I think that's a, f- a fair way to say it. But, I mean, Bro's been good. I, it depends on who his offensive coordinator is going to be. It depends on his system. I'm going to root for him. And I think the, the biggest thing that you said is he's going to be the least sexy. We're going to have Caleb Williams, who's this generational Marvin Harrison. I'm going to use all the cliches for him. And then we're going to have Jaden Daniels, who is the – Anthony Richardson, Lamar Jackson, mobile running, mobile quarterback that everybody's just going to go gaga over, especially once he starts running at the combine and does what he does. And then there's the other guy. The other guy was the people you mentioned earlier, the the Justin Herberts of their class and, and Josh Allen's of their class. Now, granted, Josh Allen could run, but I mean, I think he's going to fall on that. I think Drake May is not going to be confused with Matt Ryan. Anytime no, soon. No, or no, Philip no. Rivers. He's he's or Kyler he's Murray be, though for that for for the other side of that. No, I mean he's he's going to be a good value. I'm I'm cool with it. All right, Dan. Well, you got the layup at the 101. I gotta think we just handed you a layup yeah. at 104. Um, what yes. do you think about the what, what do you think about Drake May as a prospect? And then please feel free to roll into your uh, to your next pick. Yeah, I, I I like Drake May a lot because you've got Caleb Williams. You know he's he's okay. Here's your passer, and you have Jaden Daniels. Okay, here's your runner, you know, and your passer can run, your runner can pass, but then you've got Drake May kind of sitting right in the middle, you know, sitting in that sweet spot, you know, the why not both, you know? He does both very well. There's, you know, it, it, he. I, I think he's a safe, safe, safe pick. Uh, you know, and if you're sitting at the 101, 102, 103, and you're going, yeah, but I don't really need a quarterback. I'd really rather have Marvin Harrison. And you know, you know what? Uh, you can you can trade back for Marvin Harrison Jr. You can trade back for you know maybe Malik Neighbors. But you know what? Just go ahead and take that value right where it's at, unless you can get a trade back that really fits. Because if you don't get that trade back that fits, if you're not getting value from it. Just go ahead and take that quarterback that's safe. And then you can, you know what? You can trade off one of your other quarterbacks. You know, you got a uh, Kirk Cousins, you got a Justin Herbert, you know, whoever whoever you think is going to be that quarterback three. You know, you, you it, it gives you the option to sit back and I can hold on to this rookie quarterback and see how it performs. And if he does what I think he's going to do, then I can go ahead and trade off this other guy. If he's not performing that well, you still got a big window to trade him off because you know what? People have not given up on him yet. So I, I think the quarterbacks really in Superflex ought to be going one, two, and three. As much as I love Marvin Harrison Jr., who I'm going to take here at 104, uh, just because I think the upside, you know, I and I love Malik Neighbors too. 
I think he's a great, great prospect. He could end up being better than Marvin Harrison Jr. But I think if both players hit their peak, Marvin Harrison Jr.'s peak is probably a little bit better than Malik Neighbors' peak. Uh, you know, again, there's a lot, there's there's a lot to see, a lot to be said. Landing spots gonna have something to say about that. But I'm gonna take uh, Harrison Jr. here. And would you you said you would take him at four? Yes, definitely. Okay. Yeah, I, I, my, my love for the man is, uh, I need to say nothing about Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, like I said, I, I continue to say he's the best wide receiver prospect since Calvin Johnson. Will he live up to that? I don't know. But just going into the draft and then obviously, you know, learning from his father. Uh, Jerry, I know you like Marvin Harrison. Even though you're a Michigan State guy, I know you like Marvin Harrison Jr. Any thoughts on him before you go with your pick at the 105? Nothing Nothing that already hasn't been stated. It, it, I think the, the smartest thing that was said there was by Dan that said, there's a chance that Malik Neighbors is better. But you just, when you want to think about the ceiling that's possible, Marvin Harrison's is CeeDee Lamb, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, if he hits. That's the thing, is I feel like sometimes when you hear a sentence like that, the Dynasty community goes, well, Dan Williamson, what do you mean? He's Marvin Harrison, he's the best prospect. We play a game with no absolutes, and the faster you realize that, the faster you'll be better at it. Um, this is an easy pick for me. Eh, I guess this is a two-man race, so I'll set you up easy, Randy. I'm going to take Malik Neighbors. I mean, you just you look at what the dude did in the SEC. I mean, I'm just going to spew some numbers real quick. 13 catches, 239. 8 catches, 130. 8, 102. 6, 146. 10, 171. 4, 121. Those are all against SEC teams. I I, I mean... Pretty good. I mean, he, he was productive previously. He just didn't have the touchdown totals. This year, it jumped up to 14. I mean, he's he's been good. He's fast. He's got good size. He's great at running routes. He's just... He's an absolute animal in a phone booth. So I, this is an easy pick. I'm not even going to over talk about it. I, I'm, I think I'm setting you up pretty well for who you're going to take right here. And we can talk about the differences between the two. But thoughts on yeah, Neighbors? Well, well, well um, I think Malik Neighbors is closer to Marvin Harrison Jr. than he is to Roma Dunze. I think there is a gap. I don't think it's the Grand Canyon, you know, but I think there is a gap. I mean, this guy is really good. And, and and to go back to Drake May for a second, I'm taking nothing away from Jaden Daniels. He's a, a very good quarterback. But when you have the level of players to throw to like a Malik Neighbors, it's part of the reason why I like Justin Herbert. He didn't have great weapons at Oregon. Just like Drake May has not had – he's had good weapons, but he's not had great weapons at North Carolina. And he had nothing like Malik Neighbors. Like Malik, Malik Neighbors, I'm calling my spot. He'll either wind up in New York with the Giants or he'll wind up in L.A. with the Chargers. Love Malik Neighbors. Dan, anything on Malik Neighbors? Yeah, I think he's a great prospect. Um, you know, if, if if I'm sitting at the the 105 in a Superflex, I am just absolutely thrilled to just, you know, let the 101 through 104 pick whoever they want. I'm taking whoever's falling. I feel really, really good about it. Uh, you know, I, I, I do think there's a small tier break between the 103 and the 104 because you've got the quarterbacks at the top three and then you've got the two uh, wide receivers but honestly I you know unless I'm desperate for a quarterback 
I'm going to be very, very happy with either of these wide receivers here. Yeah, and I, I think this year, if you've got the 101 through 107, you're getting a guy that you have to really, really, really like. Now, I think there is going to be a teardrop after 107, um, but I'm going to take the guy that I've been told is the best tight end prospect since, I guess, Kyle Pitts, but um, I don't normally fall. And, and, and this, and I, I will be honest, this will change once he gets drafted. Like, if I love the spot, then I may move him up ahead of Malik Neighbors. If I, especially because this is, this is tight end premium. But if I love the spot, I could move him up. If I hate the spot, I could move him down. I've also seen him mock drafted to the Chargers. Um, I've seen him mock drafted to the Colts, which would be intriguing. Big guy, um, has never had less than 56 catches in a season. This year he had 56 catches, but he did it in 10 games. And he had six touchdowns. As a, as a freshman, he had 13 touchdowns. I mean, this kid is clearly special. Um, given the format of tight end premium, I took him over a couple of the other wide receivers. Dan, I'm going to go back to you. What are your thoughts on Bowers? Yeah, I like Bowers a lot. I mean, you know, he's a, he's a fantastic prospect. You know, the thing that gives me the most hesitation about him, if anything, is just the fact that the, you know, the consensus tight end one in the draft has rarely turned in to the tight end one in that particular draft class. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of different things going on with tight ends. They're almost as difficult as quarterbacks to, um, you know, to, to try to figure out. And, you know, we, we, we just, we aren't very good at figuring out those tight ends. So, you know, a lot of times I'll let somebody else go ahead and take that, that first, maybe even second tight end and I'll be content to go back and, and grab another one. You know, like Samuel Porta last year, definitely not the consensus tight end one. You know, it, everybody was in on uh, uh, Michael Meyer. We had, uh, you know, a lot of people Kincaid. were taking uh, Kincaid for sure. Um, even even Musgrave was going over Laporta at times. I think he's so, a buy for the, for the yeah. record. I think Musgrave's a buy. I'm oh, not yeah. letting Tucker Craft fool you. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. So, you know, but that's the thing with a tight end. When you start when you start diving into that tight end, um, things get a little bit more dicey. So, you know, I, I like him there. I do think he's an awesome prospect, and uh, there's a very, very good chance he's going to hit. Um, we just don't necessarily know if it's going to be exactly in that first year. But, uh, yeah, sometimes you got to take those chances. Yeah, and if you're at the 106 and you need a difference maker, it may not be Brock Bowers here. Jerry, what are your thoughts on Bowers? You know, I, bro's good. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna deny that. I sit on a throne of tight end hatred, and I think that's my problem. Um, it seems like every time we always fall in love with one guy. And then we think we're going to start him, and we think we have solved our tight end squalms, and they don't do anything. So it, I just I hate taking a tight end here. Bro looks like an elite prospect. So did Kyle Pitts, and it took T.J. Hawkinson some time, and it took Evan Ingram some time, and it took David Njoku some time. O.J. Howard never did it. Noah Fant never did it. I I think he's the pick you have to make, no doubt. But 
I'm I'm a little skeptical. Well, there you go. There are the first six picks. Now tonight we're doing the the first round. We're doing one round. We're doing twelve picks. But if you're looking for a tool that will help you find those breakouts to help you, the the guys in the third round, the 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 guys that you, maybe you didn't see coming, maybe you could check out the Breakout Finder. Oh, hey, it's a Mr. Breakout Finder coming at you. The Breakout Finder features three key tools, a database of metrics that includes speed score, college dominator, breakout age, but also Breakout Finder only stats like dynamic score, level of competition, teammate score. All of these things are part of the overall Breakout Finder algorithm that pinpoints the probability that a player will break out. Everyone's talking about my model does this and my model does that. Well, we give you the data points that go into the model. We have a feature that lets you compare players. And then we give you the precise probability of every wide receiver, every running back sorted and filterable by class year. So when I'm talking to my friends and I need to show them why I'm so bullish on player X, I pull out the breakout finder and bam, there he is. So go to the app store, go to Google play. It's five bucks to get the breakout finder. And then a couple extra bucks to get some of these additional enhanced stats. Go download it and thank me later. Absolutely. That'll come in very handy as we enter into rookie season. Dan, you're up with the 107. Yeah, and, and I think once again, you guys have kind of be a, a very easy pick to make. And uh, for me, that's going to be Roma Dunce. Uh, just, you know, I don't think he's at the same level as Neighbors or Marvin Harrison. But I do think he's a very, very safe prospect. Uh, I think if you are looking for somebody who's going to for sure have a better hit this year, I would probably take him over Brock Bowers, though it's quite possible that Brock Bowers might be the better pick long term. So, uh, you know, it, 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 and again, we kind of get into that area of dynasty where, you know, sometimes you have to look at both the long term and the short term. And, you know, what it, What are my team needs right now? Am I building for the future? Then I might go Brock Bowers. Am I building for the present? I might go Roma Dunze. So I think there's a, I, I think there's a good debate to be had here. And I don't think there's necessarily a, you know, one correct answer to it all. Uh, you know, and also landing spots are going to have something to say about this. All these players that we've listed are probably going to go into the top, what, 15, do you guys think? of uh, yeah. the NFL draft, for sure. Yeah, sure. I think if anyone in the actual draft could go the latest, I think it would be Bowers. Because I've seen Bowers mocked anywhere from 5 to 15. Mm -hmm. So he could go anywhere in that range. But yeah, that's a that's a good range. Because the rest of these guys should be top 10, if not top 9. Right, exactly. And that's the thing. I mean, you know, if you can get a player that's taken the top 10 of the NFL draft, the, the hit rates are super good on those. You get out of the top 10, they start dropping a little bit. And especially when you're talking about a tight end or, you know, whatever. Uh, you know, so if, if, if Bowers goes inside the top 10, then I start feeling a little bit better about him. Uh, you know, Kyle Pitts notwithstanding, because, you know, it, we, we don't need to have that much recency bias. But you can still have good tight ends taken in the top 10. And, yeah, so, you know, these are all great players. I feel very comfortable with any of them. I think where the draft is going to really start is with the next pick. And that's where we're going to have to really start making the hard decisions. I love how you put that. And uh, Roma Dunze would have been my pick there as well. Uh, like him a bunch. 
Jerry, what are your thoughts on Adunze? And then go ahead and make this first uh, interesting pick. Honestly, uh, yeah, it was not very nice of you guys to set me up with 108, but it's fine. Um, I, I think this draft has gone pretty chalk for the most part. I think this is the front first seven that we're going to see in some order. I think the first five are exactly right, and I think just like Dan said, it's either Roman Dunze or Brock Bowers, depending how you view it. And now we get to eight, and now I'm going to do the thing that I like to do, and I'm going to take a running back. I know this running back class gets pooped on a little bit, and people do not like it, and they like to do-do it, rightfully so, don't get me wrong, but we are now starting to see the the tier break where everybody's going to have warts. And one of these running backs is going to end up in a situation that's conducive to them scoring points, and it's going to jump them up the rankings because we are dynasty players, and they play running back. And if there is one thing that makes a little tingle shoot up our spine, it's running backs. So who do you pick? That is the question. I'm going to go with Jonathan Brooks from Texas. The issue is, is he tore his ACL in November. Now, we are playing this game in the year 2024, where that is not as catastrophic as it has been in previous years. He should be ready to go once the season starts. The dude is an absolute animal. It, honestly, when I see him, he's got good size. He reminds me reminds me of James Cook a little bit when you watch him play. Like he's just Oh no wonder sque- you took him. <laughs> uh, well, that's true. Um he can squeeze through small spaces. That is the one thing. If he sees a little bit of a crease, Bro is like a magician and it's unbelievable and he can fight through it. He also fights for extra yards, which is nice. I, I love a guy that will not just go down. And we're gonna I'm probably gonna talk about other running backs because I'm guessing we'll probably take at least one or two more. But I like the guy. Thoughts? Is it crazy for me to take a guy who currently is recovering from a torn ACL? I mean, that probably says everything about this running back class that should be said that I'm willing to take them as the first running back off the board. I just think he profiles as the best one. Well, I'll throw it to Dan here in in just a second, but I'm going to go ahead and and beg on the mercies of the audience. If we get it wrong, because I feel very comfortable about where we're at with the first seven. Everything from eight and beyond is it's as landing spot dependent as I can remember in a while. If Brooks lands in a great spot like L.A. with the Chargers, or that could be Blake Corum I, because his his former head coach is now the head coach there, that's going to springboard him. You know, I'm getting you to be honest. A anybody that lands for the Chargers is going to be the first Cincinnati the board. Yeah. They're going to cut Joe Mixon. I mean, it's, it's the handwriting's on the wall. Um, Philadelphia, you know, not that I, they, they could resign Swift. I don't know that they will. I think, I, I think they probably will. And, 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 get, and gain well. Um, who knows? But, yeah, when we start talking about these guys 8 through 12, landing spot makes them TBD, Dan. Yes, definitely. And the thing is, is that free agency is also going to make them TBD because yeah. there's going to be a heck of a lot of movement in free so agency many. before the draft even happens. So whatever we think is going to happen right now, uh, you know, when all of a sudden you have uh, Saquon Barkley and, uh, you know, uh, Derrick Henry and all these guys moving around, 
you know, possibly Joe Mixon, you know, and, and, and these are going to be guys that NFL teams are still going to go after, even though we in the uh, fantasy dynasty game are starting to get a little bit tired of, uh, you know, Derrick Henry, we're starting to get a little bit tired of Tony Pollard, uh, Joe Mixon, all these guys. The NFL is probably not as tired of them as we are. So, you know, those guys are going to move around, and that's going to shake up how the rookies are going to go. So, you know, I, I, I think one of the things that, you know, I think at this time it's really tough to do anything other than doing what we're doing, which is, you know, just having a, a, a straight-out rookie mock, and we don't know where they're going to land or anything like that. What I would like to really start see happening is once we start getting into, you know, like March and April, is take specific NFL mocks and where these players wound up in the NFL mocks. And now let's do a fantasy draft based off of that and figure out, you know, what are we going to do if, uh, you know, player X goes to a terrible landing spot that we just don't really like? You know, are we convinced that their talent is great or are we going to let that landing spot influence us and drop them down our ranks? See, what Dan just did was booked himself again for later on in the offseason, and we can take that we can take that Kuiper or whatever draft, and we can use that as um, the tool in which we, we draft off of. Um, I'm up at the 109, and this guy right here, if he goes in the first round, and there's a, and, and all the spots that he could land would be really good, but I'll tell you, if he makes it past pick 16, I don't know when he goes off the board. I'm going to go ahead and take Michael Penix Jr. This is super flex. I believe he's talented, and I'm looking at the NFL draft order, and I'm looking at Minnesota at 11. Could they take him with Jordan Addison and Justin Jefferson and TJ Hawkinson? And, and, and I, I like their head coach, Kevin O'Connell, quite a bit. He could go to 12. He could go to Denver and be the quarterback hand-selected by Sean Payton. That's a good spot. The Las Vegas Raiders need a quarterback of the future. And then he could literally pull a Kenny Pickett, hopefully from a better perspective. He can be better. He can literally drive across town, stop playing for the Washington Huskies, and play for the Seattle Seahawks. If he lands in one of these premium spots, because all those all those teams have good offensive coordinators, they have weapons, they, they have a lot, of, a lot of positives. This is the guy that, based on landing spot, could pop up the most. He's a little bit older. He's got some injury concerns. I, I understand that. Uh, I'm not going to feel too bad though if I'm in because if you're this is like your back end contenders window, and maybe you got here like Jerry mentioned, Matthew Stafford. Maybe you were riding Geno Smith. I'll tell you in one of the leagues I was in, I was using Sam Howell, who's about ready to become a backup. This could be a spot where. As a contender, you're, maybe you're nervous about Baker losing Canales and, and having a new offensive coordinator. This is a great spot at the 109 to get a guy like Penix Jr., so that's why I'm going here. Jerry, what are your I – mean, and he's, he played in Indiana. So, Jerry, what, what do you think about Penix? Uh, well, fun fact, he beat the hell out of the Spartans when he was at Indiana and twice at Washington. So, I – and then he lost to Michigan when I needed him to finally succeed. So he has done nothing but disappoint me uh, my whole life. But no, I, I, I like the guy. I, I think he's going to play well. I think he's going to get decent enough draft capital that he'll get a shot. It might not be his first year, but he, absolutely he is going to get a shot. And if he does end up dropping to the second round or the third round or whatever it is, he's going to be an absolute value. 
yeah, yeah, he's a lefty. Yeah, he he can heave the ball, and he loves to heave the ball. He did not play great in the national championship, but dude, and, it, it, you if you watched him against Oregon both games this year against Utah, dude looked good against good competition. I, I mean, he's he's played big time football for a long time, and I'm excited about him. I'll, I'll definitely have shares for sure. D- DK Metcalf taking deep balls from Michael Penix Jr. would just be an absolute thing of glory. He's I th- still my beating heart. He, he he throws the best deep ball in the class, in my opinion. J- Dan, what are your thoughts on uh, Penix? And then go ahead and make your last pick of the evening. Yeah, so Penix is a, a fun prospect because I, I can see this going a lot of different ways. I mean, because we've seen a lot of different things throughout his career. Uh, you, you know, We've seen him absolutely dissect defenses, and we've seen him kind of struggle a little bit too. So, you know, that that tells me what I think I'm going to see with him as a pro. And, you know, he could he could end up being a Kirk Cousins, you know, a guy who, you know, started out that exact same way, dicing up some defenses, struggling against others, and it ending up turning into a pretty good prospect. So, you know, when, if you're making the, the, the Penix pick, you are really – you know, you're throwing the dice a little bit here, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you know, there there are some teams that ought to be throwing those dice. There are some teams, dynasty teams, that should be taking a little bit of a safer pick, and you've got to figure out how does this fit within my team construct, where I'm at, and, you know, the rest of my dynasty league. And, you know, so this, I think, could be a very, very good pick here, or it might be the pick you just absolutely don't want to make. So, uh, you know. It could be Will Levis. It could be. Right. Exactly. And, you know, and we're, you know, I, I think when you get to Penix, too, you're guessing as to where he's going to fall in the NFL draft. You know, it wouldn't surprise me to see him go at, you know, 9 or 10 or 11. It wouldn't surprise me to see him go in the very back of the, you know, the first round or even beginning of the second round. You know, I don't think we know enough about him. We don't know what the NFL thinks enough. You know, we don't know enough about what the NFL thinks about him to really say for sure. But, you know, in this situation, I, I, you know, this is a this is a no risk it, no biscuit uh, type of pick. And, uh, you know, I love those kind of picks. So I'm going to go ahead since we're only doing one round. I'm going to I'm going to reach a little bit because there's a player I want to talk about and um you know, I, I, I think, especially in this format, with the Superflex tight end premium, we need to be talking about Jatavian Sanders. I think if there's a guy who could end up being most similar to Samuel Porta, it's probably Sanders more so than Bowers. Bowers is a guy who's going to be split out a lot more often, a little bit less uh, stout as a blocker, whereas Jatavian Sanders, I think, is a lot more stout as a blocker. I think he's going to be on the field a little bit more. And that's going to add up to some extra chances because sometimes, you know what, as a tight end, you got to get out there and block and then you might get a late release and, you know, go into a pattern and, and be a check down option. You know, these are the kind of things that happen. And so I like a guy who can play the entire gamut of what a tight end, you know, what a tight end is needed for in a particular offense. And I think Jatavian Sanders is that guy. Also, I think there's a very good chance that he's landing in the last half of the first round of the NFL draft, which means he could be going to a really good team. Like, could we imagine, you know, and this is, this is, this is going way out there because these things never happen like this, but what if Kansas City takes Jatavian Sanders and Kelsey hangs up the cleats after the Super Bowl? 
what kind of pick would we be sitting on then? I mean, he might be going 103 at that point. Who knows? What do you guys think? That that uh, currently mocked to go in the second round. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I see some mocks there. Um, he is one that I've not gotten to yet. Um, I'm doing a little quick research on the fly. Uh, big guy, 6'4", 240. Um, again, to your point, if he, if he lands in the right spot, I'm looking for, like with tight end, I mean, part of what helped Sam Laporta, it was quarterback and coach. And and by coach, I mean offensive coordinator, plus Dan Campbell being a former tight end didn't hurt Sam Laporta any. Um, like, I would love to see him, like if he was the second round pick of Sean Payton, who we know has a, a history of his offense uh, of being, you know, friendly to the tight end. And people can say what they want about Doug Peterson. And, you know, there's so much coach worship and coach bias. Guys, Doug Peterson's always been a tight end coach, and what do you know? The last two years, who's been a really good tight end? It's been Evan yeah. Ingram. Yeah, so if he lands in the right spot, he could work for me. Um, Jerry, does he work for you? And then uh, go ahead and make your final pick of the night. So here's the thing. Randy, you like to take the unsexy quarterback. I always like the unsexy tight end because they're always cheaper and everybody overlooks them. So bravo to Dan for going this route, because here's the thing I saw. I've only watched two games of the man, but when you play Alabama and you go for over 100 yards, I watch it. And then in the playoff, when he played against Washington, he had another really good game. So I love that pick. And to your point, if my man does get drafted by the Kansas City Chiefs and Travis Kelsey does retire, yes. He, he's going that early. That's not hyperbole. That's not nonsense. If you've played this game long enough, like Mr. Williamson has, yes, that is exactly where he's going. So I like the pick. I'm going to keep going running backs just because one of them's going to pop and one of them is going to be a first round pick at least. So I'm just, I'm going to throw all of my cards on the guys that I tend to like. Um, and it's a guy who plays in Ann Arbor, Blake Corum. He's got some downsides. Don't get me wrong. He's not overly huge, and he didn't catch a ton of passes in Jim Harbaugh's system. But the thing about Blake Corum is, A, he's got unbelievable burst. Not the best high-end speed where he's going to break away and he's going to rip it for 80, but holy hell is he fun to watch. And he is built like a tank. He was a regular at my old job when we lived in Michigan, and it's unbelievable that he is the same species as I am because we are not, we're about the same height, but we do not look alike. Um, He's just, he's a littler guy, but he plays big and he fights for tackles and he was their goal line guy. And we're talking about a dude who's five foot nine. Yes. He didn't get tons of pass uh, catching opportunities, but when he was given the opportunity, he did well. It's like Kenneth Walker. no, He didn't get 45 catches a season in college. But when he got the opportunities, he did the most with him. Unbelievable. It just knows for the end zone. I mean, he ended up breaking Michigan's touchdown record, which is the winningest program in college football history and the longest history. And he is the guy that sits atop it. So I think, and if he ends up on the Chargers and plays with Jim Harbaugh again, I, I, we're going to talk about 103 again. Yeah, I'm I'm looking. Uh, so I'm kind of pulling a Dan, and I'm looking at Tankathon. They have a mock draft up 
on there. And uh, to go back to Dan's previous pick, Sanders, they have him going 49th overall to Bengals. There's a spot. Especially That's a first-round pick. I mean, yeah, he's 100% going to go in the first round. Especially if T. Higgins is gone, and he can slide into that second pass-catching option behind Jamar Chase. That's a that's a huge win. And then they have Blake Corum going in the third round to the Browns. It's not a bad spot. Jerome Ford yeah. did okay. I mean, we don't know what Nick Chubb's going to look like coming back from another major knee injury. I don't think Blake Corum gets much past. I would not be surprised to see the Chargers like trade back into the third round to take him, uh, and and then you know that's got to uh, that's got to increase his value. I'm I'm going to go with my final guy real quick, and then we'll throw it around the horn. Uh, it's actually the guy that I thought Jerry was going to draft just a minute ago, and uh, you can you can run this on a loop. I like big men, especially at the running back position. I'm going to go Braylon Allen. Now, you had me at Wisconsin running back. When Jerry said running back and he said Big Ten, I thought, oh, God, this son of a he, – he's going to snipe me in the first mock draft of the year, but I, I got my guy. Six foot two, 240 pounds, big guy, can handle the NFL workload. He's had at least 180 carries in every collegiate season, including 230 as a sophomore. Big guy, and what I really like is that he improved his cat pass-catching profile – year after year after year he went from eight as a freshman 13 as a sophomore 28 as a junior uh decent hands um i could see this being another guy where if he lands in one of those you know plum positions uh, especially with day two draft capital he's gonna skyrocket up boards and we're gonna the wide receivers look real sexy on you know mock drafts now but we all know this is a running back business. You draft running backs and you trade for wide receivers. Uh, I'm going to go Allen. But, Dan, anything on Allen or Blake Corum? And what about Cincinnati for your boy Sanders? Yeah, Cincinnati would be a great spot for Sanders, no doubt about that. So, uh, you know, it, it, and the thing is, let's be real. If this was a two-round draft, I would have not taken Sanders there. I would have been letting him kind of drop down, see where he goes. You know, we we, we didn't really talk about Troy Franklin, Keon Coleman, Brian Thomas, uh, even Xavier Worthy. You know, there, there say, are a lot of there there are a lot of players that I think were interesting that maybe should have gone right around this range. But we also have we you know these players that we want to talk about because we think they're interesting or special for some reason. And you know it. it in a way, it kind of almost speaks to the fact that, you know, these the Troy Franklins, the Keon Coleman's, the Brian Thomases might get a little bit, you know, it, they're, they're not getting the, the steam, the press right now. But sooner or later, that's going to happen. And when it does, you want to be ready for it. So you need to be thinking about, you know, how do I think about these guys versus, you know, the, the, the funner players that we talked about. So... I, I like uh, Braylon Allen a lot. I think he's a I think he's a great pick. Um, you know, and Corum as well. I think both of those running backs are fun, fun picks. And you know, if you're looking for a running back in this draft, those are those are definitely the first two places I'd go, uh, along with Brooks. I think I'd probably take those guys over Brooks just because of the fact that Brooks is going to have to you know heal up a little bit. He might be more of a second half player than a first half player. But yeah, some some fun running backs in here too. So uh, don't don't let people tell you, hey, this draft is late on running backs. It's just you know the the steam isn't there yet. 
Yeah, that, that that's very well said. And like I, like I, I brought up, it was like, don't be surprised when the running backs get hot because everybody needs them. There's going to be so many wide receivers. It's it's just going to be. I'll take one next round. I'll take I'll take one next round. I know people like Lad McConkey McConkey um, from from Georgia. Uh, Ray Garvin interviewed <coughs> him at the Senior Bowl. I thought that was was fantastic. Jerry, anything on Braylon Allen, real quick, and then I'll do a quick recap of our picks. My only issue with Braylon Allen is when I watch him, I just see Dante Foreman. Just a big guy that can do one little quick move, and then he runs straight. The good thing about Braylon Allen is, A, Wisconsin running back, which people say don't scout the helmet. Piss off. Every single Iowa tight end that comes into the draft, I'm not even going to look at him. I'm not going to watch a video. I'm just going to take him. Because at this point, I am a man of history, and I'm going to trust the history. But also, Braylon Allen is like 19. He's the youngest person coming into this draft. He's 19 or 20 years old, and he's a tank. And that's not that's not nonsense. That is a big man who can move fast and is quick. My only issue is that I, I wonder what his entire repertoire is and if it will translate to the NFL, because what he did was make Big Ten linebackers look like little boys. And the problem is, is the NFL does not have little boys. This is true, but he is an absolute hammer, and in the right system, uh, he he could be a smash. I'm going to recap the draft for everybody. Uh, that way you know the picks. Maybe you jumped in late of the live stream, or you just want a quick recap. Uh, we went Caleb Williams at the 101. We went Jaden Daniels at the 102. Drake May at the 103. Marvin Harrison Jr. at the 104. Malik Neighbors at the 105, Brock Bowers at the 106, Rome Adunze at the 107, Jonathan Brooks at the 108, Michael Penix at the 109, Jatavion Sanders at the 110, Blake Corum at the 111, and then Braylon Allen at the 112 brings up the rear. Uh, guys, this, this was fun. Um, we all love mock drafts. We love having Dan on. What a win-win for us. Dan is committed to coming back. Uh, we're going to try to get Jerry here, but he does have to work. But Stupid. we're going to get we're going to give him. You know, he's probably going to be working harder than an ugly stripper at the Super Bowl, given that he's in the uh, in the service industry. But uh, at a minimum, you'll have me and Dan next Monday night, Monday the twelfth. We'll recap the Super Bowl, obviously. And we'll talk about the impact on your dynasty rosters with these new OCs and head coaches and, and, and what that landscape looks like. Uh, I'm going to throw it back to Dan here in just a second, but I, I want to I share a couple of things. Um, can't give you all the details yet, but the Podfather and I are working on a very top secret project. So stay tuned. Um, it's, it's really cool. Um, hopefully we'll have some news by this time next week. Um, but we have something big in, in the, uh, the off season coming up for you. And then, uh, of course our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash dynasty Warzone. Uh, now that we're live streaming again, uh, the podcast, if you're a podcast consumer, you get this on Wednesdays, but if you're a patron at our patreon.com forward slash dynasty Warzone, you get it early and ad free. Plus we've got about 18 minutes of bonus content that only patrons will get with Dan, um, those are a couple of things, but we appreciate your support. Um, don't be afraid to check out underdog. Don't be afraid to check out the breakout finder 
And uh, don't be don't be afraid to check out our guest Dan Williamson. He is going to be doing a lot with Player Profiler this year. I am super stoked to have him on the team with us. Dan, my man, what else is uh, what else you have coming up? Yeah, so uh, I'm going to be doing um, I'm going to be getting on uh, with uh, Brad Staldor on Wednesday night. And uh, we're going to be on with uh, Fantasy Mojo and talking a little bit of best ball. Um, so that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I'm going to be on with uh, Eric Baltman on Thursday night on the uh, High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. And so that's going to be a lot of fun as well. And then, of course, I'm going to be back on with uh, Randy uh, next Monday night. So looking forward to that. We're, we're going to be chopping up those coordinators and uh, head coaching changes, which, uh, you know, when you, when you understand those, it just really helps set the scene for the entire offseason. And uh, if, you've, if you've got a good handle on it, it's going to make you a better player all year long. So I, I'm really looking forward to seeing what Randy has to say about that as well. You know, I, 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 it's a show that not a lot of other Dynasty content creators do. Uh, Jerry and I, we've done this every year for years. I, I think that this Dynasty thing goes in waves. And it goes from what is the impact of these coordinators and coaches into the impact of free agency, into the impact of the rookies, into the impact of the rookie landing spots, into the impact of camp. And you can't skip steps. You know, it's like when you're mm-hmm. when you're making a recipe, you just Dan, you're, you're a professional chef. When, when you just can't skip from from one to the other, and then try to run it back, and then oh, I'm supposed to make the sauce first, and then you know all. It doesn't work that way. You need to follow the steps, and when you follow the steps, uh, I, I, th- I think you get a, I think you 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 get a clearer picture of what you're looking for, and you find value because so many other people are skipping steps. They're jumping to the rookies. They're not looking at some of these other things. We're going to help you create some value. And uh, Jerry, my man, so glad you made it. We're a little concerned. Had to work late tonight. It's not even the Super Bowl yet. No. Which is going to be an awful day because we're doing a giant cornhole tournament too. It's going to be a long day. Going to going to have a lot to do. Um, Dan, it's always good, buddy. Uh, your Baylor Bears broke the hearts of all my Iowa State Ames neighbors uh, yesterday. They were very sad. I thought it was hilarious, but uh, good good to hear you again. It's always fun. Yeah, I, I, I did not get a chance to watch the game, but I heard the referee uh, action was pretty hilarious. So. Uh, you know, yeah, a lot of a lot of fun, and I'm sure Jerry, in the hospitality business, on a, a warm Sunday in Iowa, yeah, you guys were hammered all day long. Yeah, 100%. and it's uh, it's like it's like 50, which is like Midwest summer right now. I don't right. I, I don't know where everybody's living, but <laughs> if you live in the Midwest and it goes from negative 30 to 50, it's summer. Yes. Oh, uh, that that's a hundred that's a hundred percent facts. Um. We had baseball practice this morning. It's indoors, obviously, but it was like 40. And, and I show up, and I am not kidding you, like all but one kid was wearing shorts. Everybody I had, was I had shorts at work today. When, when I uh, got home from, from practice, I walked the dog in shorts and a hoodie. That You're exactly right. When it gets 50 in the Midwest in February, that is a gift. And so is Dan Williamson. He's a gift to player profiler. He's a gift to this audience. Please check him out at Twitter. At Overhype Sleeper. Uh, check out my man Jerry at Jerry Sin DWZ. You can follow me at DWZ Memphis. Guys, we have a ton of good stuff coming up for you. Please subscribe everywhere that you consume. 
YouTubers subscribe to both YouTube channels, podcasters subscribe to both podcast channels. That's Dynasty Warzone and Player Profiler. Be on the lookout for more Dan. Be on the lookout for more Dynasty Warzone. And uh, we'll see you next time. Have a good week, guys. Thank you. Hey, I want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in. It's important to me that all of our media be free. This is only possible because of you allowing a true independent sports media enterprise to thrive unlike any other in the business. So please subscribe to the All In Package to continue to make all this possible to ensure that all of our stats, information, data, content is available to you, especially you, the people that get the site and get the show. When we add up all those inches, that's going to make the fucking difference between winning and losing. We won a game yesterday. And if we win one today, that's two in a row. We win one tomorrow, that's called a winning streak.